0: Today is Saturday, it's the 15th of February, 2020. Today, Sayadaw will give a talk to the international Metta meditators, and he will talk about the near and far enemy of Metta. Okay, now So out there in the world, it's not only people or living beings who have enemies, but also and meta has enemies. So what we call an enemy, this is something, a person who does not contribute to happiness, well-being, and peace, but rather causes suffering, distress in all forms.
1: Uh, uh,
0: That's why out there in the world, people are very much afraid of enemies. So one enemy is Dosa, and there is a near enemy, and there is a far enemy. So, the far enemy of Metta is Dosa, and the near enemy of Metta is Raga, meaning lust, desire. So, out there in the world, who are people more afraid of? Are they more afraid of the near enemy or are they more afraid of the far enemy? They are more afraid of the near enemy. Because the near enemy uh, causes suffering in both body and mind—physical suffering, also mental suffering—and the near enemy can also cause the suffering of of, of killing or dying. Well, we- Because the far enemy out there in the world, an enemy who is far away, so this enemy cannot um, very easily um, cause one suffering or um, kill one. When an enemy is near, then that person is able to kill another person or to kill oneself. When the enemy is far away, then that person cannot immediately kill oneself. So the near enemy of Metta this is Raga, last desire. And why is Raga, last desire, called the near enemy of Meta? Because it can pretend to be beneficial or bring beneficial results. It can pretend to be meta. That's why in Burma, or in Burmese language, um, speaking of raga, Pali word, um, in Burmese, then it's translated as "to like" or "to love." So metta and raga, for those uh, who are not learned or do not know it, they do not know how to differentiate um, metta and raga, or they do not differentiate it at all. And also, when there is no mindfulness, then uh, one does not differentiate between meta and raga. And even learned people, or people who have studied a bit, even people who are mindful, they still might take raga for metta, meaning they still uh, cannot differentiate between the two. So for example, let's say there are two uh, lovers, a young man, a young woman, they love each other. And so the young man would say to the young girl, I have metta for you. Saido uh, doesn't know how young people would express this in other countries. Uh, if, if it also would be like, I have meta for you. Yeah. In Western countries, how would you t- express it? <laughs> <laughs> Or else, uh, oh, Italiano, ti amo. <laughs> in Italian, ti amo.
1: <laughs>
0: so, in these cases, uh, when young people love each other. So it's not meta, but it's actually based on raga. So, as I just said, even learned people. Um, may not know the difference between meta and raga, so learned people still, you know, use these words interchangeable. Meta raga, meta raga. So when uh, raga lust, desire, arises in the mind, then at that time, at that moment, metta is gone. Then there is no metta in the mind. And also, raga has the power or the potential to destroy the metta. That's why Raga is called the near enemy of Metta. So Raga last desire is called the near enemy of metta because on the one hand, it can pretend to be metta, and on the other hand, raga can destroy the metta. However, or on the other side, dosa, anger, aversion, ill will, this is the far enemy of Meta. Because when Dosa arises in the mind, then one knows there is Dosa. And Dosa cannot pretend
1: to be meta.
0: And Dosa cannot so easily destroy meta. And this is why it is called the far enemy of meta. So those who engage in the practice of metta-meditation, they have to be careful that raga does not enter the mind. And also those who engage in the practice of metta-meditation, they have to be careful that the far enemy of metta, namely dosa, does not appear or arise in the mind. So when one engages in the practice of metta meditation, then when raga, lust or desire, appears in the mind, then the metta uh, disappears. Metta is no longer present. And this happens again and again. Now, Sayado will explain further how this happens when, uh, when cultivating metta, then how raga arises. He will um, explain how the metta that is present, gradually fades and disappears or is destroyed is destroyed when raga arises so let's say, Uh, Metta meditator is cultivating loving-kindness and the practice is going well. Metta is present in the heart, in the mind, and therefore the mind becomes calm, peaceful, and also the body feels uh, calm, at ease. So the mind becomes calm and focused, so then that meditator may uh, enjoy the Happiness and peace that has arisen in the mind. The meditator uh, then enjoys and clings to the calmness, to the concentration in the mind. Then the meditator holds on to that uh, well being in the mind. And so at that time, when there is holding on to, when there is clinging to this. Nice experiences. This is no longer metta, but this is Tanha Raga. Tanna meaning clinging, holding on. Raga, desire, lust. <laughs> Or sometimes when meditators cultivate metta, they feel incredibly pleased, uh, full of joy. It also can happen that uh, it produces a smile on their face. And sometimes meditators even laugh out loudly. So then um, it can happen that when a meditator's mind feels incredibly joyful and happy, elated, that that they hold on to this experience or when they feel their face smiling, that they mm, enjoy, hold on to this experience or when they laugh out loudly, that they uh, enjoy this kind of experience. And then they may try to repeat these experiences again and again.
1: These
0: kind of experiences They can arise as a result of the meta meditation practice, and they are uh, good uh, results. So, as just said, these experiences are experiences that can arise based on one's metta meditation practice. These are, in itself, good experiences, nice experiences. As Saido has said, it can be the calmness of the mind, the peacefulness, or the happiness, or the elation, the joy, or the one-pointedness, but when these kinds of experiences happen, one has to be careful that one does not get attached to these experiences, that one doesn't cling to these experiences, that one does not hold on uh, to these experiences, but one um, needs to continue to cultivate the metta. And one has also to be careful that one is not attached to the object of one's metta meditation, that one um, is not holding on to that object, to that person, but that one focuses on the cultivation of this wish for the well-being of the other person. Um, a meta meditator needs to be like a lotus flower in a pond. A lotus flower grows in a pond, however, the flower itself is not in the water. Likewise, in the metta meditation, we cultivate the metta for another person, the object of our metta meditation, but we have to be careful that we are not attached to that person, that we do not hold on to this person, but that we only cultivate this well-wishing for the other person. So if instead of just cultivating this well-wishing for the other person, if one is attached to that person, if one holds on to that person, if one clings to that person, then when that person experiences some difficulties, uh, some suffering, or if that person dies, then instead of metta in oneself, there is uh, suffering to the point that one cries. So if the, other <clears throat> if the other person, who is the object of our metta-meditation, is not like the lotus flower, um, which is not immersed in the water, so if there is the clinging or the attachment to the other person, then oneself, one will suffer uh, from sorrow, from grief, mental distress, Mental
1: suffering. Or else when one
0: sees that person, being the object of one's metta meditation, or when one hears the voice of that person, or when one uh, see, like sees something that person eats. So instead of just the, the pure metta, there is attachment, there is craving, or there is lust. So, this is how Tanha Raga, craving, clinging, lust, desire, can arise while doing the Metta meditation practice. That's why, as Metta meditation meditators, you should be careful that the near enemy of Metta, namely Tanha Raga, does not appear, does not arise in your mind.
1: (coughs) (coughs) And,
0: (coughs) And likewise, Metta meditators must be careful that the far enemy of Metta, namely Dosa, does not arise in their minds. Now, Sayadaw will talk about how dosa may arise in the mind when one engages in the practice of metta. So let's say a person is cultivating metta for a certain person, and uh, through cultivating metta, then the mind of that person becomes calm, focused, peaceful, and happy. But then um, one one may or um, a memory may come up, or one may hear um, as a sound, or one may see a person, and because of that, um, the nice experiences of being focused, calm, peaceful, and so on, uh, they disappear, and so one is no longer satisfied. the meditator um, while practicing metta-meditation then may remember something in connection to the person who is the object of one's metta-meditation. So maybe a fault or a flaw in that person may appear in one's mind and on account of that, the Meta is no longer there, the metta disappears, and instead dosa, anger, aversion, or ill-will arises. So today, in the interview, one meditator reported that this meditator was cultivating meta for a sun, and looking at the good side of the sun, the meditator was able to cultivate meta for the sun, but then um, a bad side of that sun popped up in the mind of the meditator, And with that, the meditator was no longer able to cultivate metta for the sun. And then the meditator said, so he, the meditator did no longer uh, cultivate metta for the sun, but changed to another person, to a friend. And with that, the meditator was able to cultivate metta. So it can happen that, while engaging in the practice of metta meditation, one sees another person, or one hears another person, one encounters another person, and because of some reason or another, um, one is no longer satisfied or finds a fault. And so with that, the metta then disappears, And instead of the metta, there arises dissatisfaction, uh, or ill will, or anger. So in this way, dosa, as the far enemy of metta, arises. That's why we need always to be very careful That during the practice of metta meditation, the far enemy of metta, namely dosa, does not arise in the mind. meditators must be very careful that a dosa does not arise. Um, be careful that whenever they see something, a person, or when they hear a person um, or the sound, the voice of a person or while eating when they um, notice something. So to be always careful that dosa does not arise in the mind. And once the dosa, anger, aversion, ill-will has arisen in the mind, then the metta is no longer present. And in such a moment, it's very difficult to arouse the Meta again. So we have to be very careful to cultivate the Meta in a way that Dosa uh, has no way to enter the mind, that dosa does not arise in the mind.
1: uh, Um,
0: Some people think that dosa is actually a virtue. So these people, uh, they are not uh, careful to not let dosa arise, but they let dosa arise, they, they act it out, they, um, they manifest their dosa in different ways, and they are even proud of being a dosa person, a dosa type. So Dosa, is that a friend or is it an enemy? Yendo. Yes, enemy. It's good to recognise it as enemy. Now Sayato will explain some of the shortcomings or faults of
1: Dosa.
0: So, in the scriptures, we can find many places um, which speak about the shortcomings of Dosa, like the Buddha had talked about it um, many times. So, among the many things that the Buddha said, Sayado will just mention a few of these shortcomings. So, dosa is able to destroy uh, all the good uh, benefits or results in my life. And dosa can also destroy the well-being and happiness of others. So for example, when I'm cultivating metta and metta is present, then I myself feel happy and peaceful and also others uh, will feel happy and peaceful. However, if dosa arises in the mind and even acting out that dosa in different ways, then I feel miserable. I am suffering, and also others will suffer. Others will be harmed or cause suffering. So, Dosa is able to destroy my own happiness and peace, and it it is also able to destroy the happiness and peace of others. This is true. Another shortcoming is when there is a lot of dosa, one looks no longer beautiful or handsome. So, people with a lot of dosa, they look no longer beautiful or handsome in this life, they look ugly. And also, as a comic result in future existences, such people will look ugly. So, what do you want? Do you want to look beautiful and handsome, or do you want to look ugly? (laughs) (laughs) If you want to look beautiful and handsome, uh, don't let dosa arise. (laughs) Another shortcoming of dosa is It will shorten one's
1: life. Um,
0: Do you want to die in a young age or do you want to live long?
1: Do you
0: want to live long or do you want to have a short life? (laughs) So if you want to live long, then do not let dosa arise, do not have dosa. (inaudible) So if there is little dosa, no dosa, if there is a lot of meta, then one is healthy, and has a long life. So if you look around in the world, um, there are many people who suffer from high blood pressure or who suffer from various heart diseases. And very often one finds that people suffering from high blood pressure or uh, various heart diseases um, have dosa or have a lot of dosa. Another shortcoming of dosa is that on account of a lot of dosa, these people um, will experience the separation from their spouses, or separation from their sons and daughters, or that they lose their property, that their property uh, is taken. Those who have a lot of dosa, they are often hated by others, and they often have many enemies. People with a lot of dosa, They experience a lot of uh, mental distress also near the time of their death, experiencing mental distress, and on account of that, they are reborn in lower realms, in the hell realm. So those um, beings who are reborn in the hell, hell realm, this is on account of their strong dosa. One of the hell realms is called Avici hell, and it is called Avici um, because it's there is it's so crowded <laughs> with beings there that there is um, no space, no space in between the hell beings. So this Avicii hell realm is incredibly crowded. Um, You know, in India or in China, it's pretty crowded too. Many, many people living there. Uh, But this is nothing in compared to the living space in Avicii hell, really no space to, almost no space to sit down or to lie or to move about just very close to each other. So, which is the most populated country in the world? It's the Avicii country.
1: (laughs) And
0: who gets to this Avici country? It's those beings with a lot of dosa. So there are incredibly many uh, beings
1: with a lot of
0: dosa who end up there. So on account of dosa, a lot of a dosa, one may lose one's fortune, one's money, or one may be separated from one's spouse or one's children, and so on. Zayota will give now an example.
1: Okay, okay, 19, 19,
0: 19, he will <clears throat> talk about uh, a burn a Burmese man living here in Myanmar. So this man, um, he wanted to go to Malaysia in order to work. make money, so he applied for a job in Malaysia, which he got. He applied for a visa to go to Malaysia, which he also got. And the cost for uh, applying for this job and getting the working visa was about 25 legs or 30 legs, like two and a half million juts or three million juts. And he also then got an airplane ticket And then on the day he was um, departing, in order to go to the airport, he, um, um, he took a taxi.
1: <laughs>
0: so on the way to the airport, then on the street in front of his car, there was a try show so so the the in front of them was quite slow um, and you know he sh- this man should get to the airport in time. Um, so the man told the taxi driver to, uh, to use the horn. The taxi driver used the horn to signal the trishaw driver to uh, make room so that it can pass. But the trishaw driver um, did not move to the side. And as the tri driver did not move to the side, the man uh, lowered the window and uh, shouted out of the window, hey, didn't you hear the horn? Hey, um, give way, move to the side. So
1: the man
0: <clears throat> got angry upset, dosa was um, arising in his mind
1: <laughs>
0: and somehow then the taxi driver tried to overtake the trishaw driver, but the man was so furious, so angry at the treasure driver that out of the window he gave him a blow with his fist and well uh, actually the, then they they stopped and so the man and the trishaw driver they um, were fighting with each other And the uh, man, being so angry, he grabbed a stone from the side of the road and threw it at the head of the trishaw driver.
1: <laughs>
0: and so uh, the trishaw driver then um, was bleeding and, and probably falling down. Uh, on the street and uh, blood was running out or was covering the street. So many people then uh, surrounded this scene and then also some policemen arrived. So the policeman arrested both of them, put the chains around them, and took them into custody. So this man, instead of reaching Malaysia, where did he end up? So he got into the prison. And because of the fight, he was also he also got uh, blows, so um, uh, injuries and um, swellings. He was swollen uh, in the face. So this man, instead of reaching Malaysia, he reached the prison. And instead of earning money in Malaysia, he had to spend a lot of money. And um, also his relationship or his family broke up, separation from his wife and children and uh, being alone in the prison. And in the prison, he did not get good food, and it was not a good, nice place to stay. So there was a lot of suffering for this man, both physical suffering and mental suffering. So all these bad effects, all this suffering that the man encountered. Why did he encounter that? It's because of dosa, of his anger, aversion. So, ask yourself, is dosa something you should cultivate in your mind or Something not to cultivate, not to have. Something not to hold or cultivate. And how can we remove dosa? We can remove it by cultivating meta. So, metta is the opposite of dosa. So, whoever engages in the practice of metta meditation should reflect on the shortcomings of dosa and should reflect on the benefits of meta.
1: So DOSA
0: DOSA is not some <clears throat> DOSA is not something that is beneficial that is contributing to one's happiness and well-being. On the contrary, DOSA destroys whatever happiness or peace or well-being there is. So, we should try to cultivate meta loving kindness uh, as much as we can, so to uh, set up the causes for our well being and happiness.
1: Uh, well,
0: So when one engages in the cultivation of metta, so one is a metta meditator, or uh, one could call that a metta person, holder of metta. So for such a metta holder or metta person, um, it is shameful to, uh, to to hold on to dosa or um, let dosa uh, reign in one's mind. That's why as soon as we notice when dosa arises, we should remove it, replace it with metta. So, may you be able to always hold metta in your heart to cultivate loving-kindness, and therefore, by that, may you be able to become virtuous people, feel happy and peaceful. Sadhu, sadhu, sadhu.
1: Thank you for listening.